0: Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Becker. The investment we make in this radio show is an investment in our community. It's a way for us to shine a light on some amazing organizations that are doing wonderful things to help make our city a more caring and compassionate place to live and work. We hope that by sharing with our community how our guests are making a difference, it'll inspire and encourage you to use your passion, your talents, and or your resources to make a difference too. Today, we'll be talking about things that our children may be experiencing without us even knowing about it, and if left unchecked, may lead to some pretty scary outcomes. The current opioid use in the U.S. is growing at an alarming rate, over 72,000 drug overdose deaths in 2017, with over 50,000 of those involving opioids, which is a 22-fold increase from 2002. Bullying is another topic with statistics that are going through the roof. Bullying has been around for a long time, certainly, but what our kids may be experiencing today is far different. We want to educate and share with our listeners today what two local nonprofit organizations are doing to help with these two very real problems. My first guests are Sandy Libert, who is the executive director for Your Choice to Live, and her daughter, Ashley. Welcome to the show, ladies.
1: Well, thank you so much for allowing us to be here and to share our personal journey.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. You have quite a story, Sandy. You know, one that's very personal and heart-wrenching at the same time, one that any mom or parent would not want to experience. Um, Can you share with us why and how your choice to live came about?
1: Yes. So, um... Our family actually personally lived through the devastation of what alcohol and drugs can do to a loved one. We saw, watched our son, Tyler, um, who was a great, loving, fun-loving, energetic athlete, uh, dissolve in front of our eyes into a drug addict by the age of 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And never, ever, ever did we think that drugs and alcohol would touch our family. Happily married, two kids... Uh, We live in Waukesha County. We never dreamed that it would, and it did. And it almost destroyed absolutely every single facet of our lives and also almost destroyed our son. Mm. Um, And that is really where our passion came from is we've got to do something about this Um, to live through it. Is really hard. We are so thankful. Ashley and I are so thankful that I'm sitting here talking to you as a mom that has their son. Yeah. Because so many don't. Yeah. So were you surprised when I talked about those
0: statistics, over 72,000 drug overdose deaths in 2017 and 50,000 of those involving opioids? I mean, was it, the numbers are certainly growing, as we said, in an alarming rate. And was it A situation when your son was going through it, that maybe it wasn't so much of of a public issue. You know that people
1: were aware of. I think um, it was still there. We just weren't talking about it. It was really shoved under the carpet. I know that um, when Tyler was using, and he started very early in sixth grade, I can tell you that he lost a lot of friends back then from an overdose um oh but we just didn't, we didn't talk about it then yeah. we did not discuss it that is why you know even today so thank you for allowing us to start talking about it you know we are now aware of what's going on so people are talking about it a little bit more and we're being a little bit more acceptable to it where we were not i mean we did not mention the words drugs or alcohol
0: yeah. 15
1: or 10 years ago
0: yeah but again mm-hmm. unless people are aware of it I mean, they. there first has to be an awareness. It has to exactly. start with an awareness, exactly. and then, well, what can we do about it? Exactly. You know, it's an issue. Let's start educating people about it, and let's move forward and do something about it. Um, so, Ashley, how does it feel being a sibling, my goodness, both then and now, going through the addiction and then the recovery process with your brother?
2: Yeah, it's, um, so when Tyler and I were younger, we were really close. We spent so much time together. And then as he, um, started using drugs, our relationship completely shifted. Um, we went from being really close to being very divided. Um, I began to become very hateful of him because, um, Everything revolved around him. All my parents' attention was on him. Um, The phone would ring and we'd all jump like, Mm -hmm. is this a phone call? He's never coming home again. And I, you know, going through school, I wasn't known as like Ashley the person. I was known as like, oh, there's the drug addict's sister, you know, so everything revolved around him. And I really did hate him, and my parents neglected me, um, not because they meant to, but they're like, oh, she's doing good, she's fine, we're going to focus on him. Um, So I grew up really fast on my own. Um, My brother couldn't stand up in my wedding because I honestly didn't know if he'd be alive. So, I mean, that's a really sad moment. I get emotional because he is such an important part of my life now, Um, but when he went through treatment, um, it was like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. So I didn't really invest that much into it cause I didn't want to get my heart broken again. Um, but after time he, you know, we have a really great relationship. I've learned to let go of that hate, um, because I separate him into two people now, Tyler, the drug addict and Tyler, my brother. And I had to let go of that piece, that hate of the drug addict and focus more on, you know, Tyler and my brother. And we've built a really, Great relationship since he's been in recovery. So when is he older
0: or younger than you? He's younger. Okay. So when you were going through those early years, did you know what was going on? I mean, did you know that something was going yeah. on, and and did you talk to your parents about it? Because I think sometimes, you know, the 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 uh, sibling doesn't want to go to the parents and tell them about an issue because they just think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know? um,
2: I had an idea of what was going on, and I would tell my parents, you know, like, I think something's going on, let's check it out. But I think they were so afraid to check it out and find out what I was saying was right. Um, that they kind of – I was more a tattletaler, and I would tell on him, but I think they were afraid to actually find out if I was right or not.
1: It was denial. It was so much easier to ignore it yeah. and to say, no, I don't think so, than it was to face it because once you face it, you have to do something about it, mm-hmm. and you, we did not know. Honestly, we had no clue of where to go or what to even do about it. So our inst- our first instinct was to completely – ignore what was going on. And that's where we're so passionate on saying to parents, don't ignore. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying it's going to happen to your child, but we're facing an epidemic. And we've got to be aware of that epidemic. And I truly believe that we have to have knowledge to fight the epidemic. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, I imagine if you have the opportunity to educate people on what to look for and how to handle what seems like the start of something that you would do everything in your power to do that. Right. I mean, again, we're saying it starts with education and it it also means that we parents have to really have a handle on uh, and know what's going on with our kids. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. Right. You know, they joke about the helicopter moms and, you know, the moms right. that want to be involved with everything. But I think it's so different from when you and I, Sandy, were were uh, teenagers uh, and going through school. Not that we didn't have things going on. We right. certainly did, but it, it was not. Mm-hmm. It's totally different now. The things that our kids have to face Uh, in in their grade school and and high school years is just nothing, I think, compared to what what we had to go through. But I think everyone would be surprised to learn what the average grade is of first use in the United States. I know I was. Uh, Stay tuned to learn that surprising answer, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Allen Becker Investment Group. And I'm talking with Sandy and Ashley Leibert from Your Choice to Live. We said before the break that if we had the opportunity to educate people on, number one, what to look for regarding addiction, and two, early signs of a potential problem, you would do everything you could to participate in that awareness, right? Well, here's some information for you. Unfortunately, the age at which young kids are first exposed is getting younger and younger. So before the break, we asked you, what do you think is the average grade of first use in the United States? Now, this is not just in the inner city, folks. This is out in affluent areas as well. The average age, fourth grade. Isn't that crazy? I mean, when my kids were in fourth grade, I think some of the worst issues were personality conflicts or maybe fights on the playground, but certainly not addictions. That just blows my mind. So what is the mission of your choice and what are your goals?
2: So the mission of your choice is really to provide awareness and prevention education and resources and support to youth and family members and parents and schools and communities Uh, in regards to drug and alcohol use. Our whole goal at Your Choice is to get the information out there before the kids start experimenting, Um, because we feel like if they learn and they know and parents know and teachers know what to look for, if we can intervene sooner than before they have the problem, that will lead to... um, you know, better, it'll be better if we can get to them before they actually take that path of trying drugs and alcohol. And
0: so, we, fourth grade, I mean, you talk about the answer to that question was fourth grade. Right, that right. So I'm thinking of, again, in my mind, when my kids were that age, I could not even imagine talking to them about that subject right. because I'm guessing that my kids would be like, mom, you know, what are you talking about? So, you know, education, again, we said is key. So mm-hmm. are you going into grade schools even? I know you went into Arrowhead because my youngest daughter remembers your son coming for an assembly and talking to the students, mm-hmm. uh, which she said was phenomenal. But now you're saying you're going into the grade schools also?
2: Yeah. Uh, we The youngest we've done is fifth grade. Okay. Um, and it's basically sharing our stories. Like, we made these choices in middle school, whether good or bad. And this is the path that it led us. So it's not specific like, oh, this is heroin. It's bad. This is what it'll do. Be like, we made this High risk choice, and this is where it led us with the middle schools. we talk more um about you know vaping and nicotine and cigarettes and alcohol versus the harder drugs, but those if you start in those younger years, they can lead to those harder drugs. so it's more general with the younger kids. These are the choices that you make, and this is where it can lead you
0: and again, I think I mean we've said it so many times education is key mm-hmm. because I remember talking with someone who said, Oh, vaping is not. An issue. That's just smoke, or it's just um, not smoke, but like vapor. Vapor. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the name, right? Yeah. But um, I've also been made aware that there are different things that you can put in those vape pens. That uh, me, as an ignorant parent uh, or I shouldn't say unknowing parent, maybe that's a better word. Um, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it must not be as bad as everybody says. Well, you need to do your research. You need to understand, you need to be educated. And that's why we do these things. So, um, so what does your choice provide specifically? You know, what are the, some of the different things, let's say there's a school out there listening or a place of business or even an individual family that Mm -hmm. is thinking that maybe this is, an issue that they need to discuss. What are, how does your choice step in?
2: Sure. So, we provide a lot of, um, like we said, prevention education. So, for students, we have a student presentation. We have four speakers. We all share our stories. They're all very different. Um, and that's for middle through high school students. Again, just about the choices. This is where it can lead you if you take this path, uh, whether, again, good or bad. Um, we do, we have a Stairway to Heroin presentation, which is a community awareness for families. We encourage parents parents. parents to bring their kids to hear the same information so that when they leave, they can have honest conversations about drugs um, and alcohol. And that includes um, our family speaks. We have a medical professional um, treatment and um, a police officer. We all speak together as, you know, we in a community.
1: To raise the awareness of what is going on, what Mm -hmm. what are we facing, um, and How does it affect families? How is it affecting the community? And it's a great, great program. Yeah.
2: And then we have our wake-up call bedroom, which is a mock bedroom um, for people who are over the age of 21 can come through and see how things are hidden, where things are hidden, what things are available to be purchased on the Internet specifically for drug use and how to hide it.
0: Wow. And where
2: is that? Um, well, we have a permanent site in our office at Heartland, but okay. we also do presentations throughout the state.
1: We travel with a traveling bedroom, yeah. So, which is very exciting, and I think it's very eye-opening for parents because I remember when Tyler was in treatment uh, the last time, and he said to me, "Mom, nobody ever caught me." You mm-hmm. know, could our path have changed? And I don't know that. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I was meant to do what I'm doing. Um, But if I had picked up some of those signs, and I didn't know what to look for, but what would have happened if I had picked up some of those signs? Could I have intervened at an earlier age that maybe the progression wouldn't have gone all the way as far as it did. Yeah. So it's really an education, just awareness component. And we share our story, mm-hmm. you know, throughout it. So, you know, I never thought my son would go through something like this, but he did. Yeah. So we parents need to not stay behind that closed door. Exactly. We need to
0: open it and not Absolutely. only open it, but go in and look around and, and see to, what's going not on. And
1: not to be scared that oh if i learn it my child's going to use or what it's more i've got to be aware because what about my nephew my neighbor sure, my yeah. father my gra- you you don't know nowadays what is happening mm-hmm. yeah. so why not be educated and why not be proactive yeah education yeah. is power exactly. as we say knowledge yeah. is power that yeah. is what i say all the time knowledge absolutely. is power yeah, and absolutely. i think the
2: biggest mistake parents believe is that it's not going to happen to my kid. They're a straight-A student. They play on the football team or the dance or the cheer or the tennis or anything. It will never happen to my kids because some of those kids are the biggest offenders. They're just very good at hiding it. Um, With our bedroom, it's been super popular, so we've kind of morphed it for teachers. So we've set up a mock classroom. How can, you know, teachers maybe identify sooner that maybe their kids in their class are using during school or passing things between friends Um, so we have that program and then for businesses we also do um, lunch and learns um, where we bring bits and pieces of all of our presentations into one come in during an hour that's a great offer yeah yeah Yeah. because sometimes they can't you know after work they have sports they can't come to presentations they're busy so we come to them bring the information to them
1: do you guys get involved in intervention at all i mean do families yes So one of my biggest things that I love doing is I work with families. Um, We pay it forward. We are so lucky that we can provide them with the hope because sometimes they are in the deepest, darkest point of their life, stuck in this vicious cycle. And we're able to uh, get to them to that next point And, you know, say there is hope, here's some steps that we can take, and then we're able to refer out. And sometimes just hearing a mom that has lived it Uh, and can provide that hope and that resource or that shoulder or that shoulder gets them to take that next step because we're really scared to take that next step.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So Sandy and Ashley, what, what have you learned
1: through this experience and how have your lives changed as a result? Oh, my goodness. I know my life has changed Unbelievable by just all the knowledge that I have learned, but just working with families. Um, having a parent um, come up and say, thank you so, so much for educating me on this. Um,
2: yeah, I've learned a lot, too, just how prevalent it is and how much people don't know. You know, that just shocks me when we go into large schools, we have large communities and people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. You know, working in this field, we know because it's what we live and breathe and do every day, but just how much out there people just don't know. Yeah. And again, you
0: talked about it, Sandy, where you said to get educated, let's say you go to one of these events that you have, doesn't mean that you are fearful that your child is involved. Maybe that's the case, but we're all out here to support everybody else. exactly. You know, that's again, what this community collaboration is all about. Exactly. We want to understand how can I help the next person? And education is so key in that. So let's say I go to one of these events and I learn what to look for. If I know of somebody that wasn't able to go to the event, I can then share that Absolutely. information. And that's what we encourage. Or, yeah. Or they can go Correct. to, to your organization uh, to get more information. So we want to make sure that people understand w- how to get a hold of you. So, websites, Facebook, yes, phone numbers, number. yeah, you know, all those things. Can you share that with us, please? Sure.
2: Sure, we um, our website is yourchoice-live.org. We have a lot of information on our website. Say that one more time? yourchoice-live.org. Okay. Um, and our phone number is 262-367-9901. And we also have a Facebook page as well, which can be found on our website.
0: Okay, and then events. Don't you have an event coming up that we want to talk about? We do. We have several.
2: Um, We have two Stairway to Heroin events this fall, uh, one on October 9th. Um, That will be at West Bend High School. Um, And then October 30th at the Sharon Lynn Wilson Center. That's in Brookfield. Um, We also have wake-up call events scheduled um, on September 17th um, in Cudahy, October 16th at Oconomowoc High School, October 24th at Arrowhead High School, and then November 29th at Kettle Moraine.
0: Wow. You guys are busy. Yes. That's a good thing. Uh, On behalf of parents and schools, I want to thank you for your commitment to help in terms of education and services, so hopefully no one has to go through what you have been through yourselves. Thank you for sharing your story and your mission with us today. Seemingly minor problems in school can lead to much greater issues if they're not addressed in a proactive manner. We discussed how drug addiction can be a part of the problem, but there's also another area that contributes to the rising problem, and that's bullying. Bullying. In our next segment, we're going to hear about a nonprofit that is taking this problem very seriously and creating educational programs to help turn our kids into leaders and peer ambassadors. Stay tuned to hear more. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guests are Linda Lee, who is the executive director of Generations Against Bullying, and James Dean, who is an executive assistant. And yes, folks, I did say James Dean. He's an assistant with a cause, right, Jimmy? Welcome to the show, both of you.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Jim.
0: Uh So tell us, Linda, um, why you felt a need to start a nonprofit
3: about bullying. We started because of two bomb threats two years in a row as a direct result of bullying um, at my children's school. And I I started to do some research. And that research took me through two printers going on a third printer with several piles of uh, programs and solutions that were about four feet tall. Mm. Um, I realized that bully side was doubling every year, and frankly, it it brought back some horrible memories of my high school, which after these two bomb threats, I thought, what is happening around, you know, around our world around the United States. And I, I realized that bullying has become an, ap- an epidemic through the American Psychological Association and the American Mental Association. Mm-hmm. I couldn't realize when there was so much information that bully side would continue to double. And not only did I have such that I had a time in high school, I had, it was uh, it was a tough time. I started thinking, why You know, this is supposed to be a precious time in school that these kids should have. Of course, we're going to have challenges. Of course, we're going to have winners. We're going to have losers. We're going to have competitions. You know, I'm not taking any of that away. but shouldn't it be a time where kids can choose to attend a prom without, you know, without feeling... Scared for the life sometimes, right? Every day. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bowling has come to a whole new level in this time of age, so it's... uh, were you bullied yourself well i actually under? uh I actually had ended up getting pushed down some stairs I, I was an upstander in my time, and I ended up getting a few concussions and uh, I had to leave high school back then they didn 't have online schooling mm. and uh, it was It was tough, so all i 'd like to see is that in this t- in this day and age that kids could have you know, could choose to play in a sport, could choose to play in a band, could choose to be in school. You know, teachers are given so much additional programs to implement besides just learning. Mm. You know, what happened just learning in school? What happened to, it? it's really, you know, with cyberbullying becoming 365 days a week, seven days a week, you can't get away from bullying. Yeah, um, and we're
0: actually going to define what those terms are that you're using in a moment because some people may not be familiar with them. I know I wasn't initially. But um, Jimmy, tell us what your experience is. I mean, why? Why generations against bullying?
4: Yeah, that's the question that I asked Linda when she brought uh, the uh, the sub- the subject up to me. I said, why are you doing this? Schools do this, churches do this, parents do this. You're just reinventing the wheel, and you're going to make a lot of work for nothing. Well I was her devil's advocate for about two and a half hours with some pretty good conversation about this and then I understood what she was talking about. Think of it this way, the scars from bullying will last a lifetime. What do I mean by that? I'm over six decades old. When I was in first grade I was six years old. I was bullied and I remember that incident to this day. I remember the bully's name, I remember where it occurred on the uh, on the playground. I remembered that I knew that teachers and and the playground supervisors knew what was going on and didn't do anything. Um, so I got so fed up with it one day uh, because I was a little guy and the bully that was bullying me was a big guy, and he was pushing me around and punching me and doing all kinds of things every recess, every mm-hmm. recess. I finally got so mad, I hauled off and socked him in the stomach as hard as I could. And that got his respect, and he stopped bullying me because he knew I wasn't going to take any more. Mm. But why does it have to get that way? You know, this day and age, I can talk to people that have been out of high school for anywhere from 10 to 20 years. And they come up to me and they say, what's that organization Generations Against Bullying all about? And I give them a couple-minute synopsis about what we do that we're hands-on we want to teach kids how to become upstanders and i had one incident where a gentleman was out of school for 18 years and he was reliving telling me his story he was reliving his bullying situation and tears were coming to his eyes mm-hmm. so when people i think in the general population think that oh you know bullying everybody's bullied you know get a thick skin get over it pull up your bootstraps it's so different in this day and age yeah. you just can't do that with the cyberbullying and everything that goes on behind closed doors as linda said 365 days a year seven days a week 24 hours a day mm. kids can't get away from it and once you leave that those high school doors all those experiences stick with you mm. and i'll give you an example I can go to any audience. It doesn't matter if it's an audience of a dozen people or an audience of 1,200. And I ask them to close their eyes and keep them closed. And I say, please raise your hand if you've ever been bullied and leave your hand up. And now open your eyes and look around. Mm. At least 60% of every audience will raise their hand. So how can it be that people just slough it off because these same people relive those. It's almost like PS, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Something will set it off and it'll bring back a memory and not a good memory. Yeah. And these are affecting people every day. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel all the way back 67 years ago, I feel the same emotions that day that I socked Jerome in the stomach. I feel those same emotions mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. That's why I got involved
0: and as i you were talking about before i think people don't really realize that this is a very real thing and it's uh, we talked in the prior segment about knowledge is key you know th- it's power to have knowledge and and education and that's why we do this show we want people to understand that there are great organizations out there that are dealing with a vast majority of things and you know this was something that before I talked with you in our offices, I never knew existed, and so I'm so thrilled and and happy to be able to share with our listeners that there is an organization like this because, like it or not, there's a good chance that someone you know, if it's not your own child, is being bullying is being bullied. So you know we want to understand more about what these terms are you You mentioned bully side and cyber bullying, so what are the
3: different types of bullying? you know i wanna Jill i wanna say it like it is i i really i'm not being seen on t v right now i'm i so I feel a little bit better, but I need to say it like it is and that's why I asked Jim and others to do uh to be part of uh to take care of the media aspect for me because i uh i see a lot of darkness and doom and gloom and hopelessness behind the scenes that I don't think people realize how serious this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really difficult to sit here and say things, you know, through education. I've educated myself through six years. You know, I have my my bachelor's, my master's, but I have never dealt, and I've always been an, an advocate for issues, but I've never dealt with such a tough topic in my whole life. And I've dealt with family leave laws, sexual harassment in the workplace, but to see the children and our future generation dying because people, you see all the awareness, but they just don't take it serious. What a real problem we have out there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm so appreciative that you guys are here today to share that because again, we need
0: to let people know. People have to know. And they need to know that there are people out there, organizations out there, that can help in a number of different ways. Um, but I think it's important to, to define what some of these things are that we're talking about. Um, you had mentioned bully side and I mean, I can guess what that is, but can you elaborate a little bit more? They're saying in 2016, there were 5,400 deaths uh, which and in, in it was the leading cause of death in children less than 14. I mean, this, again, is a very real issue. So can you define what that is?
4: Sure. Bully side is um, suicide is a direct result of bullying. It, as you said, it's now becoming, it's become one of the leading causes of death in our middle school age kids. It comes to the point where um, we know of uh, six-year-olds who have committed bully side, mm. eight-year-olds. That is so
0: sad. I cannot even comprehend. How can
4: a young person that age get to the point where they have no hope? And this is where what Linda talked about. Our organization gives people hope because we have a very positive um, way to address bullying. And... uh, you know, most people will say, oh, well, go get them, you know, a mixed martial arts and whatever and and uh, club them in the head or, you know, give them a kick or whatever. No, that's not. It's much simpler than that. It doesn't take that kind of violence. Mm-hmm. We are we teach in a nonviolent way that they can end bullying very quickly within 10 seconds, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So it's called the upstander program that we have. Um, but bully side is a real thing. Um, and a lot of it is goes unreported because, um You just know that a young person committed suicide, but you don't know why. And after they go back and delve into some of these reasons why, they find out that there was a lot of bullying going on in their life. And it was over a period of time. And let me say something to the parents. Parents are the last to know many times. And you would say, why is that? Well, think about it. If you're a young person in middle school and being bullied every day unmercifully, Do you want to tell your parents? Because the first thing you're going to think about is, my parents are going to think I'm weak, Mm. I can't handle myself, and all of that. So they don't confide in their parents. And I'll give you a prime example of that. We had a movie event where we have a 54-minute riveting movie that will bring the awareness about the bullying issue. And afterward, on the way home, um, a middle school-age girl, we got a call from the father the next day. And he said, my daughter started to cry, and I asked why. And she opened up to me that she was being severely bullied in school, and he said, I had no clue. But your movie event brought that out, that she had the courage then to tell me about the event. But he had no clue she was being severely bullied.
0: And do you think that that's usually the case, that parents aren't aware?
3: It is. They, They become the last aware. There's, again, the signs and the symptoms that show it's almost the same as drug and alcohol abuse, Um, where they become withdrawn, and they hide in their room, and less friends they're meeting. But another example is, and I I meet the parents, and I've gone to some of these, you know, to the funerals, which are the, it's just the toughest, it's the toughest thing in the world when you know that you feel a school should be a safe place for your children to attend every day. And they don't tell, um... I mean, can you imagine? This is what happened. The parents sat with me, nine years old. They were calling, and I'm just going to say little Johnny, down for dinner. Um, They called several times, went upstairs, and there he was hanging from the fan in his room. They They had no idea that what was going on on a daily basis imagine the the time that adults have in dealing with workplace bullying which is going on so imagine what a child's mind feels like that that's young and can't process being told kill yourself on a daily basis yeah. you're ugly you're this every day to be deal with this torment and this torture we're losing our future generation Folks, I mean, we need to wake up to this problem. I look at it as almost a national security problem because we're losing our children. When this is something that they're supposed to go to a safe place, look at this percentage of shootings that are happening when they find out it's due to the bullying. They're not just taking their own lives now. They're going to take a lot of innocent people with them. We have to start addressing the real issue here, and our children need help. Yeah, it's a community issue. I it's mean, everybody needs to, to come together
0: and come up with some solutions. And Generations Against Bullying is uh, has some wonderful things that, that you offer that we'll get into uh, in the next segment. You had mentioned that uh, by using peer ambassadors, you can help create and maintain an environment of upstanders who can diffuse a situation in less than 10 seconds 85% of the time. So stay tuned to find out how you can become a peer ambassador or an upstander. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach for Ellen Becker, and I'm talking with Linda Lee and Jim Dean from Generations Against Bullying. So you say that Generation Against Bullying helps shift the culture of bullying into a culture of love, acceptance, and encouragement by educating young people to be upstanders. So tell us, what is an upstander?
4: Yeah, thanks for the the question, because that's the core of Generations Against Bullying's programs. We found a key statistic in all the research that Linda did over that time, and it was a lot. She burned out a couple printers. But the key... The key research um that she found was that you can stop bullying within 10 seconds if a bystander or somebody watching bullying becomes an upstander in a non-threatening way. Think about that. Almost all the time, bullying will stop within 10 seconds if somebody has the courage to get involved in a non-threatening way and say something as simple, that's not what our schools about. Mm-hmm. That's not what our pom squad's about. You know, it's it's as simple as that. Sometimes the situations aren't that simple, but really the solution is that simple. You need to work at being – first of all, what we teach is, is uh, what is bullying, um, and then we teach different ways to become an upstander. So we have role-playing with our peer ambassadors that we have in uh, a club in the school um, and lots of other different things. But the upstander is the key to all of our programs. Everything is – built around creating upstanders. Let
3: me add to that, Jim, and that's that we put the power back into the hands of the students. Mm. Let's face it, this does not happen in front of the teachers, the administrations, the counselors. It happens among the student body. So by giving the power back to the students, putting them in leadership roles, building their self-esteem, their character, providing them the tools and the resources necessary to, to eliminate these problems within their palm squad within band within the chest, whatever club they're yeah, in
0: yeah.
3: and and it has and it's been very successful i could go into stories after stories but you can go to our website and see all the amazing stories and all the great things that we are accomplishing we answer the phone <laughs>
0: mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. And I think it's it's key about defining what bullying is
0: because you know I've heard stories over the years with my kids in school and sometimes kids say things that um, well they're just being uh, funny or they're just being sarcastic or uh, you know they try and write it off as not being a major issue but what they're not understanding is that the recipient of those words could be viewing that differently and so to define what bullying is for your upstander program i think is is again key because knowledge is power and we want to understand first of all what it is you know awareness is is big and then find ways that we can make a difference so we now understand more about bullying and how upstanders can have an impact so tell us about some of the ways that generations against bullying is different um, you know,
3: the the different programs that you offer. Well, I think what's really important is the uh is we answer the phone. <laughs> um I'm gonna just share with how Annie Jorgensen, Miss High School America, came to us our first year, which we were very fortunate. Her and her mother had spent several weeks trying to find uh an anti bully organization to connect themselves with. They couldn't. Nowhere. She was actually, Crown's Cares, Creating a Respectful Environment in School, was a perfect match to a bullying organization. Well, they called us after several weeks. Two days later, we were signed, and she was in schools helping us to mm. teach our young kids about bullying and bullying prevention. And by the way, I want to say we do help the bully, too we do not exclude the bully so please know that we will help the bully but yes we answer the phone we have another we have now Frankie Moscata who is going to be with us who is 16 amazing singer and she dealt uh with some very serious situations and now she's going to become our entertainer amazing voice and a great An
0: advocate yeah. yes
3: and a great advocate and how to teach those to become upstanders because we know it takes courage yeah so there is no physical. I have people call at seven, seven o'clock. Do you really exist? Do you really have a physical office? Yes, we do. We're we're, we're really here, mm-hmm. and we really and we answer the phone. Mm-hmm. So
0: you have the peer ambassador program. You have mm-hmm. a speaker series, which you talked about. School assemblies. I think Jim, you were talking yeah. about um, some of those training programs, right. movie events. Can you elaborate on those?
4: Sure. Um, we have a fifty-four minute riveting movie about bullying that you will hear a pin drop at the end of that movie because it is so serious and illustrates and brings about the awareness of bullying. Um, That movie, by the way, um, is a combination of Lee Hirsch's Emmy-winning documentary, Bully, and Anderson Cooper's 360 Degree Program about the follow-up to Lee Hirsch's Bully Project. We contacted... um, We contacted uh, CNN's legal department and got permission to use some of the vignettes that they had in that hour-long program to include them in our movie. And they agreed as long as we were doing it for not selling it for a profit. So we have a movie available to any community that would like to bring Generations Against Bullying in and include everybody in the in the community for a movie night event, and we would bring in a special speaker as well to talk about in between. But this movie will really illustrate um, the and, and increase the awareness of how big of a problem this is.
3: And, you know, we just don't come in, you know, this, this is not all about a rah-rah. You bring a speaker in, and then that's the end of it. We follow up. You know, it's one thing, you know, I know the even the workforce, they they bring in a speaker, and the sales department gets motivated for two weeks, and then what? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what we're about. We're here to provide resources and tools and follow-up and information, concrete information that will help the teacher to continue following up after we go. Ongoing support. Um, right. You know, which is very yeah. important because that's what they need. I mean, our peer program went from 10 to the beginning to 240 in its fifth year. What does that tell you? Yeah. They, they want help. They want to be part of the solution. And we've been able to turn this really ugly topic of bullying into something that kids want to be part of, whether they're elementary, middle, or high school, or college. Um, they want to be part of a superhero syndrome. And that's what this is. We've changed it all around. Yeah. And you know, It would be nice to share a great positive story because I know we're limited on time. We had a young girl who tried to spend three years, 11 years old, watched her brother getting bullied, who was in fourth grade by eighth graders, and just contacted us. We're going to be implementing a peer ambassador program in this parochial school, and uh, her mom just cried was in tears she's this young girl spent three years trying to get one in and here we are we're we're getting in the schools yeah, that's awesome that's awesome um
0: you had mentioned prior to that um you know there are a lot of things that that parents need to be aware of um uh, when their child is being bullied just in um, a quick few just couple words can you tell us how to understand those warning signs
4: sure as linda said earlier it's a lot like drug abuse um, if your child has been bubbly and active in various things and all of a sudden they change and they don't become active, uh, they spend more time in their bedrooms with the closed doors, um, they don't seem as happy, you find them crying, their their grades are going down, they're not participating um, and leaving the sports area. Those are things to look for.
0: Okay. And quickly, the website or telephone number.
4: It's www.gabnow.com now.org. And the telephone number is 414-241-2465. We'll answer the phone. We'd love to talk to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Linda and Jim, for educating us on a topic that perhaps many parents aren't even aware is as prevalent and potentially dangerous as it can be. We appreciate your passion for your mission. Uh, I want to thank all my guests today, Sandy Liebert and from Your Choice to Live and her daughter Ashley, uh, Linda Lee and James Dean from Generations Against Bullying. Thank you for all you do to help make schools, students, and parents more aware of some very real issues facing our youth today. If you'd like further information about the people or the organizations we talk to, you can email me at jill at or call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us again in two weeks as we talk with other inspiring guests who will share information about how they're having an impact and making a difference regarding issues that affect our community. We hope that this will inspire you to use your passion, your talents, and your energy to make a difference and get involved with a local nonprofit in your community in some way and bless someone. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great night.